Welcome to the Potter's House North podcast. We hope you'll be blessed by today's message. I'm going to read today out of the book of John, chapter 9. I'm going to skip around a little bit, I think. Uh, I really want to read the whole passage, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to do that. And I am going to ask you to do that. So why don't you just write this down so that you'll remember this week to pull up John chapter 9 so that you can look into it a little closer, a little deeper, and just see what God is saying specifically to you and to your house out of his word. But today, I want to begin reading uh, John chapter 9, verse 6, I'm sorry, verse 7, and I'm going to go down to the B clause of verse Seven. Well, let me just back up. Let me go back up uh, actually to verse 6. I'll read quick. Uh, 9 and 6 out of the book of, of John. The Bible says, Then he spit on the ground and he made mud with the saliva and he spread the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, Go wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and he washed and he came back seeing. His neighbors and others knew him as a blind beggar, and they asked each other, isn't this the man who used to sit and beg? Some said he was, and others said, no, he just looks like him. But the beggar kept saying, yes, I am the same one. And they asked, well, who healed you? And what happened? And he told them, the man that they called Jesus, made mud and spread it over my eyes and told me to go to the pool of Siloam and wash yourself. So I went and I washed and now I can see. Well, where is he now, they asked. Well, I don't know, he replied. Then they took the man who had been blind over to the Pharisees because it was on the Sabbath that Jesus had made the mud and healed him. The Pharisees asked the man all about it. So he told them, just like he had told those in his neighborhood and those that were around him. He said, he put the mud over my eyes, and when I washed it away, I could see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man, Jesus, is not from God. Can you imagine? <laughs> this man, Jesus, is not from God. People will say the craziest things. He's not from God because he is working on the Sabbath. Others said, but how could an ordinary sinner do such a miraculous do such miraculous signs? So there was a deep a deep division of opinion among them. Then the Pharisees again questioned the man who had been blind, and they demanded, "Well, what's your opinion about the man who healed you?" And so the man who had been healed he replied, "Well, I think he must be a prophet." The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been blind and could now see. So what did they do? They called his parents. And now they're asking his parents. And his parents, if you go down to verse 23, they said, well, he's old enough. Ask him. Don't ask us. Ask him. So for the second time, which I'm feeling like this is more than two times, but for the second time, they called in the man who had been blind and they told him, God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. We know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. And here's what he said. I don't know whether he is a sinner, the man replied. But what I do know is this, 
I was blind, but now I can see. I think this man just got tired of trying to tell the story. And he said, you know what? You can have your opinion and you can have your opinion. But when it's all said and done, if you're asking me, all I can tell you, I don't know if he is a sinner or not, but what I will tell you is that I got just what I wanted from him. I I got the miracle that I needed from him. And today, that's what I'm going to take the next few moments of, and I'm going to talk about. I, I got just what I wanted. Spirit of God, thank you for your word and thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for finding every person under the sound of my voice. Every person that's leaning in today. Every person that's doing housework and and just somehow kind of sort of listening. Lord, may they lean into the moments that you exactly, precisely want them to hear. Have your way, Jesus. Let your word jump off the pages and Lord, let it change our lives. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. I didn't hear you. Amen. Amen. Today I, uh, I'm talking about a blind man. Now the Bible talks a whole lot about blind men. And as a, as a matter of fact, one of the, the, the miracles that Jesus performed more than any other miracle was he opened the eyes of the blind. This man who uh, we are talking about in particular had never known what it was like to be able to see. He had been blind his entire life. Blind his entire life. Some people were, were, that were healed had received, uh, had, had, were born with sight, lost their sight, and Jesus healed their sight. But this particular man, uh, he was a man that had been born blind. And as if that wasn't uh, bad enough, he was surrounded by uh, people that could see. So, so he's not only blind, but he's uh, also different from everybody that is around him. And I don't care who you are, and I really don't care what you say. All of us at some point in our life want to be accepted and we want to fit in. And, and uh, whenever you have a problem or whenever you have an issue in your life, uh, you are usually not only bothered by the problem, but you are also bothered by uh, the fact that 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 problem may make you a little different from everybody around you. Sometimes you're bothered by the tormenting thoughts that that everybody around you got something that that you did not get. And that in and of itself, uh, it, it can produce its own pain just, just by itself. And so this man is blind. This man is different from everybody that is around him. And uh, he possibly feels slighted because everybody else around him could see, but he himself could not see. He was born with a disadvantage. And as a result of the disadvantage that he was born with, he has to work extremely hard uh, for what other people, what comes easy to other people. And a lot of the pain that people are suffering from really could be eliminated if we would stop for a moment comparing ourselves to other people. Some of us 
uh, uh, if we would wake up and we, we, we would realize, a lot of times people will compare their life to their neighbor's life or their next door neighbor's life. You, you, if, if, if you would stop comparing yourself to your, if you would stop comparing your marriage to your neighbor's marriage, uh, you might just realize I do have a, a pretty good marriage after all, uh, or I do have a good husband, or I do, uh, I do have a really good wife. But, but what we do is we compare our household with other households. And if we would stop assuming that just because the neighbors take walks together as a family or because they sit on the front porch and drink sweet tea together uh, or, or because they, they walk around the mall holding hands uh, and they look happy, that that somehow makes our marriage feel like maybe it's not as good of a marriage as theirs might be. But if we would stop comparing, we might realize that that, that at least, see, we don't know everything, uh, but if we would just stop and, and realize, well, at least whatever time we do get to spend together, at least we love each other. Some people are, are just together, but they're really not even together at all. And sometimes it is assumption that that really is the root of the pain that we are dealing with in our lives. We look at other people's life and think because they have A, B, C, D, and E, and, and, and because we don't see evident in our lives what we assume that they have in their life, then we don't really appreciate what we have. And so people, uh, you know, for years, people have watched things on television, watched couples on television, or watched marriages or families on television or watch people on television and thought, well, because I don't have what they have, then somehow I am being shorted. Or, or you know, what, what really used to get me was, was soap operas. I used to watch soap operas uh, for years. And then one day I realized this is not healthy for me. And I turned it off because a lot of times we'll look at people on television. I know y'all don't watch soap, soap operas, maybe. Uh, but we look at people on TV and we think because we don't have in our house what it looks like they have in their house, then, then we, what we have is not enough. And it's sad, but there is something in us that makes us crave what we assume everybody else has. And this blind man, all he really wanted to do was he wanted to see. He's been blind all of his life. And for the first time ever, he receives a miracle at the hands of a man by the name of Jesus. A miracle that he has waited for his entire life. Jesus is having a conversation. He spits on the ground. He stirs up some mud. He takes the mud and he puts it in the blind man's eyes. He says to him, now go dip in the pool of Shalom. And the guy does that. He walks over there, dips in the pool. He wipes all of the clay from his eyes. And immediately what he had waited his entire life for now is happening to this man. 
Now, the story is a little bittersweet to me, and, and the reason I think I say that is because I am sure that this man probably all his life had kind of like thoughts that said, if I could only see, then all of my problems would be over. I wouldn't have to deal with all of the problems if I could only see. So it's sweet because he got a miracle and he can see, but it's bitter too because uh, uh, the, the trouble was not completely eliminated from his life. He was able to receive his sight, but he still was having to deal with trouble. And trouble actually began to mount for this blind man. He was immediately introduced to the fact that often the end of one problem is really just the beginning of another problem. Now, now people think, you know people like this, and, and, and I know people like this, they always thought if I could just hit the lottery, if I could hit the lottery, then all of my worries and life would be absolutely over. But let me tell you, not all of them would be over. As a matter of fact, hitting the lottery might just introduce you to a level of trouble that you never in your lifetime existed. People would be waiting for a handout. Uh, uh, family members that you never even knew were family members will call you and tell you, I'm your family member. Then you got tax issues to deal with. And so, you, you know, we think that this one problem, if we could just solve this one problem, there, there are, there are people today that are watching me who are who are single and 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 because you're single uh, you are like I, I hate being single and because I'm single I hate weddings don't invite me to your wedding because I'm not coming to your wedding I hate Valentine's Day I hate sweetest day I hate all of those things that have anything to do with couples because I am single and I hate it but what you don't know is there's somebody else who says I am married and I hate I cannot believe I got, got tied up with him. I am so sick of this man. I am sick about everything about this man. How in the world did I ever get in this mess? Here is what I'm wanting you to see today is that the miracle that this man got took care of one problem, but it also opened the door to a whole lot more problems that he would have to face. I mean, think about it. He no sooner got his miracle and the very first thing he is confronted with is trouble. He had fought blindness his entire life and just as quick as he got out of the fight uh, fighting blindness, he has found himself in the fight uh, of another kind. Have you ever found yourself in a fight of another kind? I mean, I just got out of that. And before I could take a deep breath, now I'm into something else. Have you ever found yourself with back to back to back to back trouble? I mean, you no sooner resolved that issue and now you got to deal with issue. This issue. Before you could catch your breath over that, now you're 
you're gasping for air trying to get this right here settled. I mean, I no sooner walked out of that battle and I walked into another battle. I mean, before I ever had a chance to celebrate and rejoice over one thing, I found myself confronted having to deal with something else. And, 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 and I'm telling you, I, you don't even, sometimes you don't even have time to celebrate the victory simply because of the fight that you found yourself in. You might just have to admit with me today that sometimes getting the victory over this only creates another situation that you're left to deal with over here. And sometimes it happens because somebody or some hater or some enemy somewhere really, uh, they want to see you be stuck in a particular situation forever. And so now here you are, you sh he should be able to rejoice over the fact that he just got a miracle, but instead he is being confronted by people that are around him. And now he's got to defend something that he should have been happy about. He should have been having a celebration and those that were around him should have been celebrating as well. But instead the blind man is having to fight his way through something that he should have been able to celebrate his way through. This is his big moment. And his big moment is being spoiled by little people. If we were at church, I would tell you, touch your neighbor and say, you're too big to act so little. I mean, the people should have been happy for this man. This was his moment. This would be the first time that he would be able to put a face to the voices that he had heard all of his life. This would be the first time that he would be able to see a baby smile. This was the first time that he would be able to see where he was going to put his foot down next. This was his moment. And now he can't even celebrate it because he's in a fight. This guy's miracle really is a miracle that he has waited his whole life for. And all that they could say was, isn't he the blind man that once was sitting there begging? Isn't he the man who was blind? Isn't that the man who was a beggar? Isn't that the man who is always asking everybody for stuff? Notice they don't even refer to him by his name. I wonder if they even knew his name. I wonder if anybody ever took the time to ask this man what his name was. Probably not. Because we never really do hear what this man's name is. They just always referred to him by his issue. They referred to him by his handicap. They referred to him by the problem that he had been with all of his life. They, they referred to him by his situation. And it's sad when what you are going through robs you of who you are. They called him the beggar. Hmm. Now, here's what I want you to see. You never have to beg 
for things that you have. I have water in my hand right here. So I don't have to beg you for a drink of water. Because, why? Because I've already got it. So whether you're begging for money, whether you're begging for attention, whether you're begging for uh, 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 recognition or acknowledgement, or acknowledgement, the very fact that you are begging for it sends out a signal that says you don't have it. So he is the blind man. He is also the broke man. And he is the begging man. Now, what's important is that we understand that all three of those those, those conditions are intertwined. He's not just begging because he's broke. He is begging because he is blind. And his blindness, uh, 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 his, his, his blindness has reduced him now to having to be a beggar. I mean, people would walk by him all day long and, and, and make a, a, a contribution to his brokenness. They would do it all day and they would do it all the time or he wouldn't have continued to be a beggar. But here's the deal. This man's position uh, is really, even though he's, he's begging for money, his position that he is in, it wasn't about economics. And, and though it was affecting him economically, okay? This wasn't about money, but it was affecting his money. It was much deeper than money. Here is the problem. This man was dealing with blindness. My question to you today, Today is could it be possible that the reason that you are in the position that you are in is because number one you won't address or you won't get to the root or, or, or you won't get to the bottom of your real condition which is your personal blindness is it possible that what we're facing is because we want to blame it on everybody else but could it be that there is, there is a, a, an issue that I'm having that I don't want to look inwardly. Isn't it funny how we are so quick to see everybody else is wrong and, and yet we can never see anything about ourselves. But I will tell you at some point that, that, that finger that we're always pointing at other people with, at some point we got to turn it around and we got to look at ourselves and say, you know what? You are blind in this area and you need to be healed. Let a man examine himself because you can't keep blaming and I can't keep blaming everybody else and just think that where I am in life is everybody else's fault and I don't have uh, there's not a reason there's nothing I've done that contributed to where I am. You cannot and I cannot continue to continue to point our finger and blame everybody else and think that it has nothing to do with us. We cannot continue to blame everybody else and just think that I can do that and in a minute I'm going to be able to see my way clear. No, it don't work like that. You will not be able to see your way clear. We got to deal with the root of the issues in our life or they will continuously affect our life. So this man, his issue has affected him economically. 
That's why he's begging. It's also affected him in his identity because we don't even know his name. His name has been totally swallowed up by his condition. And a good name is a terrible thing to lose. I said a good name is a terrible thing to lose because once you lose your good name and your good name turns into a bad name, then that bad name goes ahead of you and it will shut down doors that, that, that you really need to be open in your life. I mean, you're not even there yet and the door has already shut down. But see, a good name, it will also open doors that you haven't even asked anybody to open for you. I don't know who that I might be talking to today but as I'm saying that I feel like somebody needs to know God is about to give you your name back you your name has been through hell and high water but I'm telling you God is about to give you your name back the devil has been after your name your family name he's been after your name for a mighty long time but God said I am about to restore somebody's name if you're with him and not work against him he will restore your name if you give no room or no place to the enemy God said I'll give you a brand new name you'll get a brand new name Isaiah 62 and 2 says you'll get a, a brand new name straight from the mouth of God oh that's a beautiful thing and I take comfort and you can take comfort today in knowing that I am who he says I am I am not what my ex might have called me I'm not what my old friends called me I'm not what my teacher says I am I'm not what my student says I am God I am who you say that I am and I declare right where you are you ought to snatch your name back I declare that my good name is coming back my credit is coming back my integrity is coming back and I refuse to settle for less I refuse to barely get by I refuse to find myself struggling over a name that somebody else has given me I want my name back I dare you to write it in the comments I want my name back and everything that the devil has stolen from you is going to come back to you in the name of Jesus. This man has been living his whole life with an issue and his issue has robbed him economically. It's robbed him of his identity. Have you ever gone through anything in your life that just robbed you of everything. It just robbed you of everything. Maybe a relationship that you got tied up in and it robbed you of your character. A relationship that robbed you of your dignity. Then it robbed you of your standards. Then it robbed you of your peace. And it robbed you of now your expectation. It robbed you of your innocence. Just one thought maybe that you gave an inch to. Now that thought has taken a mile and it's stolen your joy and it's stolen your vision, stolen your outlook. It's stolen all, all, all the direction that you 
that you thought you understood. It's stolen every. It's stolen your healthy perspective. Just because you let one little thought, you, it, you, you gave it an inch. And because you gave it an inch, it took a mile. See, the devil will have you. You got to be so careful because he'll have you making wrong decisions. And you'll find yourself losing your influence and losing your friends and losing your peers and losing the respect of other people in your life. And you'll find yourself getting to a point where you can't even think straight anymore because he don't really care what he uses to bring you down. He's just going to try to hit you from every direction. But God is saying to somebody today, I'm about to give you a window of favor in your life and when I open it take your name back seize the moment in your spirit and ask God to give you the strategy to get your good name back again this man is wrestling with blindness he's been affected in his economy he's been affected by his identity and now he's about to be affected in his methodology they keep coming to this man and they keep asking him. We read about it. They keep asking him over and over again the same question. So what happened to you? He told them, I met Jesus. He spit on the ground. He started up, put it in my eyes. He told me to go wash myself in the pool of Siloam. And when I did, as I wiped it off, I could see. Well, they couldn't settle for just that. So they took him to some others. And they, the other people asked him the same question. And what did he do? He gave them the same answer. Because sometimes your answer just ain't good enough. But if it is your answer, stick to your answer. And that is exactly what this man did. Over and over, they interrogated this man and it really wasn't even about him it was about the man that healed him they weren't even interested in the fact that this man who had been blind his entire life was no longer blind but he could see now they really could care could have cared less about that what they were doing is they were just trying to use this man to get him to say something that they could use to attack Jesus somebody listening to me right now has been under attack and the attack that you have been under it really is not even about you. They are just using you to attack somebody else that is near you. They are using you to attack somebody that is close to you. They were trying to set this man up so that he would use his mouth to kill the very man that had just given him a miracle. Lord, now I'm going to tell you something. When you... When the enemy wants to destroy somebody that is gifted, somebody that is talented, somebody that is a chosen, anointed person by God, he will use anything to try to kill them. But most of the time, he'll use somebody else's mouth. So they didn't care about this man's blindness. They didn't care about his miracle. 
They didn't care that his life had just changed forever. They didn't care that the future that had been so bleak was now all of a sudden filled with possibilities. They didn't care about this man's vision. They didn't care that now he would never have to beg another day in his life. They just really wanted to destroy Jesus. They wanted to destroy the plan of God. And so they are searching like spies trying to trap this man so that they could use him to destroy the plan of God. And when it hit them that Jesus had healed this man on the Sabbath day, that's all it took. They immediately labeled him a sinner. Did y'all hear me read that? They said Jesus was a sinner. They labeled him with the terminology a sinner because once people put a name on how much they hate you, then they can try and put you in a category. And, and, and when you use a real ugly name about that person, then it makes it easier for people to hate you. So if I label you with the right name, I can hate you better. And I can hate you easier. And I can hate you a little cleaner. Because it's not cool to say, Jesus, uh, uh, we're, we're going to kill him just because he's Jesus. Or we're going to attack him just because he's Jesus. No, let's say he is a sinner. Because it's much easier to attack a sinner than it is to attack Jesus. So, so they're trying to make it easier for people to join the bandwagon and decide that they are going to hate Jesus. So they called him a sinner. They couldn't just get people to hate him because his name was Jesus. But once they labeled him, you're a sinner, that's where they hung their hate. And because of that, people that didn't hate him before have now found reasons to hate him simply by the label that other people had put on him. So now Jesus is walking around in a cloud of suspicion. And everybody is looking at him like, mm, you better watch him. You better watch that man right there. And the only thing Jesus did was he healed a blind man's have you ever been doing something good? Something that you, you really meant from the bottom of your heart to be a good thing? Something that you had every intention of being nothing but a blessing with. And then you turned around and got kicked in the face for it. Some of y'all like, yes, I know exactly how that feels. And I'm going to tell you something, when that, when that happens, what you want to do is you want to say, are you kidding me? Seriously? I ain't never done you nothing but good. Have you lost your mind? I ain't never, ever, ever done nothing.
heaven, but be a blessing to you. But they are trying to destroy Jesus by, by, because of the fact that he healed a blind man. A blind man, by the way, that they themselves could not heal. Not only could they not heal him, they really didn't even care about that man. They, 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 they could not have given him the miracle that Jesus gave him. But here's the fact. They weren't even sure that he was the one that got the miracle. They, they hadn't even been paying no attention to him his whole life. He has just been sitting there and he has been begging, but they were so busy going on with their life that they really never took the time to look into that man's face. So when they said, who is the man that Jesus healed? Some said, well, well yeah, it's, it's him. He's the blind man. But the Bible said, others said, well, it's not really him, but it looks like it is him but then that blind man spoke up for himself and he said oh yes I am he and you know what the, the blind man had to be a little suspicious himself at this point because these people had never given him the time of day up until now until he has gotten a miracle and now you want to talk to me are you kidding me you ain't said nothing to me and now you want to talk to me Oh, no, not today. I see exactly what you're doing. So you got to be careful. This man was careful to not befriend people and to befriend everybody that came close to him because sometimes people only want to be close to you so they can kill somebody else that's close to you. Are you Pharisees serious? Where were you when I was begging? You were nowhere to be found. And now you want to trap him by taking something that, that I said? Oh, it's so funny to me how people who wouldn't give him the time of day, now when they hear something a little negative, they want to swoop in like a bunch of flies. Why? Because of gossip. What are you saying to us, Pastor Brady? I'm saying that there are people with ulterior motives that are in this text today. And their life, the life of this man has been clouded because they are really not after him, but they're trying to come against the purpose of God, which was Jesus. So, so in reality, what they're really trying to do is, is they're not so much trying to sabotage this man's miracle, but they're really trying to sabotage somebody else. Woo. I don't know if y'all can hear me today, but I'm preaching good. This text is alive today. Here, they, what they're trying to do is they're trying to take advantage of this man's closeness to Jesus because he was closer to Jesus than any of them had ever been. And when people see that you have favor on your life, they will try to ride in to where you're going on the back of your favor. Be careful who you share your favor with. Be careful about people who want to ride in on your favor because everybody doesn't have 
a pure heart. And when they found out that Jesus healed this man's blindness and they, that he healed him on the Sabbath day, what did they do? They labeled him and they called him a sinner. But the blind man said, hmm, I don't know about that. You, you might want to think twice about that. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know him all that much myself. And I, I don't know all that much about him. And I, I don't know what the problem is right here with, with all y'all and, and the man that healed me. I, I, don't, I don't know what his, I don't know what the issue is. I don't know if he's Democrat. I don't know if he's a Republican. I don't know if he's independent. I don't, I, I don't know. And I ain't interested in all of that. But here is what I do know. I do know that I am a man who was blind. But when that man touched me and when he told me what to do and I followed his instructions, I was blind. But now, Guess what? I can see. Woo! And y'all can fight about him all day long if you want to. But all I know to tell you is that once I couldn't see, but now I can see. And that man, he gave me just what I needed. Oh, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but you are in a season of your life that you ain't got to prove nothing to nobody. Just tell everybody that's trying to link you into their issues and they're trying to discount your miracle just tell them I don't really care what you think I don't care what how you think I don't care what you perceive and I ain't trying to get in a shouting match with you over this man right here I ain't fighting you about this man right here all I can tell you is that I got just what I wanted. I got it from the man whose name was Jesus. It was the name Jesus that opened my eyes. The name of Jesus healed me. The name of Jesus lifted my burden. The name of Jesus helped me to live again. Helped me to hope again. Helped me to believe again. Gave me a second chance. The name of Jesus restored me, restored my faith, restored my family, and you ain't got to believe in him, and you ain't got to believe in him either. I don't have time to argue with you over the God I serve, but when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, whew, I feel like preaching today. I love the Lord because he heard my cry. I love him. I love his name. I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. I know that there's healing in the name of Jesus. There's breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And if he ain't done nothing for you, you ain't got to say nothing. But leave me alone because I'll praise him with or without you. I'll praise him for his mercy. I'll praise him for looking beyond my faults and seeing my need. I praise him for his steadfast love, for his amazing grace, for his mercy that 
new every morning for his loving kindness. I praise him because he gave me life and life more abundantly. I praise him on this Sunday morning because there is breath in my lungs. I praise him for the activity of my limbs. I praise him because I got a mind to praise him. I praise him because he's been my friend. He's been my way maker, my mind regulator. He's been a heavy load sharer. He's lifted my burdens. He's been my counselor. He's been my comforter. He's walked me through the valley of the shadow of death. And you ain't got to praise him, but I will bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth because when it comes to me and the man named Jesus, he gave me just what I needed. So you can be suspicious and you can be disgruntled and you can be hateful and you can discount his miracle working power in my life. But as for me and my house, see, God has been better to me than I've been to myself. And I've been through too many storms not to praise God. I've made it from January 1st all the way down to June whatever this date is. And a lot of people didn't make it, but I'm one of the ones who did. So I will bless the Lord. I will praise him. I shall praise him. And I must praise him because when it comes to me and Jesus, he gave me just exactly what I needed. Can I tell you today that some people don't like your God and they don't like his word and they don't like his church and they don't like anything about him and guess what they sure don't like your praise but the next time that they want to run their mouth about your God about your church about God's authority in your life tell them excuse me it may not work for you but it has worked for me tell them just because it don't mean anything to you it means everything to me because when I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore he picked me up and he turned me around and he planted my feet on solid ground and though it may not work for you he has changed my life somebody ought to holler Jesus changed my life this man his miracle was trying to be discounted and when somebody should have been there celebrating with him they were there to find fault and I challenge you today To never take your eyes off of what God has done in your life. He's been gooder than good. He's been sweeter than sweet. 
And whenever anybody wants to discount what God has done for you, you look at them and you say, let me tell you something. Just because that was your experience, that don't mean it was mine. Because the Lord has been good to me. Lord, I didn't expect to preach so hard. Thank you for joining us today. We'd love to have you join us online every Sunday morning at 9 and 11.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. Streaming live at www.tphnd.org watch now or through our Potter's House North app.